Thanks to Calm, the number one mental wellness app and my favorite meditation app for supporting another mother runner. Go to calm.com slash AMR for a limited time offer of 40% off your Calm premium subscription with hundreds of hours of programming, unlimited access to Calm's entire library, and fresh content added every week. Fall is here, and it's time for some fresh fun kicks, like Rothy's best-selling flats, loafers, and sneakers. Get $20 off your first purchase at rothys.com slash AMR. We're delighted to partner again with Nordic Track Exercise Equipment with iFit Technology. iFit is all about fitness and well-being. And like AMR does, iFit interprets well-being as a mix of physical, mental, social, and emotional fitness. Explore Nordic Track treadmills with iFit Technology at nordictrack.com. Welcome to another Mother Runner. This is Sarah Bowen Shea. I am joined today by the OG Dimity McDowell. Hello, Dimity. I got my OG t-shirt on. I'm ready to rock and roll. <laughs> Maybe we do need to give each other that for Christmas, a little OG t-shirt. An or something. AMR OG. Yeah. I'm going to be like, what? Amar OG? Amar, what? Amar rug? <laughs> Amar oh, oh my goodness. So you are fresh off um, quite an extensive road trip. I am. I am. And you know, I love driving the car for hours and hours. So that's, you know, that was it really makes, my sweet spot. It, it makes your leg, your injured, uh, permanently injured leg feel really good, right? Yeah. Although, you know, now we have three drivers. Um, so, so back up, we went to see um, my daughter, Amelia, who is now in college. She is playing uh, volleyball for East Carolina University Division One volleyball. So that's quite a, it's a job in and of itself, in addition mm-hmm. to going to school. And so, um, so they are in, I'm learning all of this. I'm very, very proud that I know all this. They are in the American <laughs> Conference now. And um, two of their uh, opponents are Wichita State, who are the Shockers, which is, uh-huh. a, is a wheat thing. It's something to do with wheat. Oh, yeah. Shock of wheat. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then, um, and then the Tulsa Golden Hurricanes, the University of Tulsa or Tulsa University. I don't know which, I don't know how it, what, okay. what order it goes in. So that's as close as they get to us in Denver. So we were like, all right, we're going. And um, so we drove down to and, see them. who's we? Oh, it's me and Ben, who is now, Ben is now um, 15. He's a sophomore and a very um, prolific driver. They have to have, he has his permit. He has to have. 50 hours yeah, to yeah. get his license um and he's got like i don't know 60 now at this point and hasn't even done his lessons so for better or for worse he's a, he's a good driver actually and then and then grant so my husband so the three of us went uh-huh. friday morning we drove down to wichita and so we all took the wheel ben had like we taught him how to use cruise control that was very exciting nice. for him uh-huh. yeah you cannot go over 80 in a 75 okay um and uh so anyway yeah so we got to see her play we, we saw her play on Friday night at, um, I can't remember if it was six or seven. They lost in five, which is as, as, as long as a volleyball match can go, it's best of five. So mm, that was disappointing, wow. but they played really, really well. So it was fun to but, see live volleyball. And hey, you got to see her play a lot. You know, exactly. Yes. No, I mean, that's the thing. No, I would rather have the match go like have it be very competitive than they they've been working on or from what I understand from talking to the coach briefly is they've been working on having their matches go beyond three sets because either they get up and they, you know, and they're on this high or they get down and they can't Mm. come out of the hole. So for them to to fight for five sets was really cool. Yeah. Um, 
And Amelia is, uh, you know, she is a freshman and, and typically freshmen, you know, their, their clubs, the club coaches kind of prepared them to say, like, you may not play, you may not touch the ball, you know, that doesn't mm-hmm. mean you're not an important part of the team. Mm-hmm. And because of the way that the ECU volleyball situation has uh, shook out, um, she gets to play a lot. Uh, she's oh. actually been in every set so far of every game. So, um, which is great. I mean, that's great. You know, one coach was like, yeah, she's kind of drinking from the fire hose. And I was like, yeah, but she's uh, she's a pretty even keeled kid. So she's, she's doing really well. So anyway, so we got to see her in Wichita, um, had breakfast with her uh-huh. and took a walk with her Saturday uh-huh. morning. And uh-huh. then scurried quickly to Whole Foods to get her some dried goods, some, you know, nut mixes and dried mango and things she could take home. <laughs> she's a, she's her mother's daughter. Gotta, exactly. Exactly. Gotta have the snacks. Gotta have ready. snacks. As many heavy, heavy bulk snacks, please. Yeah. Yeah. And um and then she had to get back to the hotel to watch film. So like again, mm. like it's 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 a job I mean it's not a job, but it is a I mean it's the it's very cool how I mean, it, it is the job for the coaches and for mm-hmm. the athletes as well. But I mean, you know, how serious they take it and how um, and, and the rewards that come from that. Right. You yeah. know, so I mean, yeah, they have these scouting reports and like, <laughs> um, you know, she was showing me. Um, oh, I don't know. I mean, they have binders full of I was going to ask if they have uh, they, they have binders. Yeah, 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 they have binders. And then like they have little I don't know how to describe it. It's not a graph, but it's like, you know, Amelia plays middle. So she has like a chart of where the middle. Oh, di- oh, a diagram, a uh-huh. diagram kind of. Yeah, but it's just like tracing their footsteps, you know? Ooh, okay. So it's pretty I mean, you know, from an outsider looking in, I'm sure it's you know, it can get tedious from the inside, but it looks pretty cool, you know, mm-hmm, kind mm-hmm. of fun just legit. to have that. Yeah, it's very legit. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, so then basically we, that was like the most we got to see her, like as mm. far as just like one-on-one family time, because then they had to drive to Tulsa. We drove to Tulsa. We went to this really cool spot called The Gathering Place, if anybody has ever been there. I thought it was a restaurant. <laughs> like someone told me to go there. So I was looking for somewhere to eat that night. And uh, it's this really cool public garden slash, I mean, it's not a, um, it's not a, uh, uh, like a, um, enter- oh, gosh, like a valley fair. What is that called? Or like a, you know, so it's amusement a- park. It's not an amusement park, but okay. it has that feel to it. But it's all like play structures. And I mean, you know, if our kids would have been you know, seven, eight, nine years younger, it would have been perfect, right? Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. I mean, it was fun to walk around and see, but the kids there were just having a ball. They just, it was very, very cool. Wow. Um, yeah. And then, um, yeah, so then we got to play, see her play again on Sunday morning against the Golden Hurricanes of Tulsa. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, my first time to Oklahoma, so I can cross that state off. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and they, um, they unfortunately lost that one too, but again, they played really well there the, all three of those um people are kind of all three of those teams are kind of in the middle of their conference so okay so they show they prove to themselves that they can show up and play you know okay. so like okay. and they and they meet each other's every team plays each other twice during the season so they'll gotcha. see them again one more time at home so okay. that also makes okay. it easier so sure yeah yeah and they'll yeah. they'll have the film to watch They'll have the film to watch. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> As they get their like dinners brought to them and wearing their Adidas slides and their matching gear, you know, like it is a, it is a charmed life if you like to be an athlete. Oh so. my gosh. It reminds me, you know, of, of the football players at Colgate supposedly getting, you know, lobster and steak dinners in central New York. <laughs> yes. 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 I don't, 
don't think this is the volleyball team. They, they get, um, I mean, I'm like, so what do you eat? And she's like, um, basically chicken and rice. <laughs> and Amelia, as you, if you've listened to like past long time ago, she's yeah. not an adventures eater. So, you know, they get their food brought on the road to them, oh. you know, because of COVID and also just because of, you know, the, their schedules. So, I mean, they get to pick everything, but like Chipotle, it's like chicken, rice, guacamole. <laughs> okay. So we could put a vegetable or something in there, but yeah. Oh my gosh. And then the drive back from Tulsa. The drive back from Tulsa was a little long. It was, so we started, we got it, we gained an hour because we went central to mountain time. Okay. But, um, so we left there at about four and got home at 1230 our time. It was oh. about nine and a half hours. Oh, Dimity, did you turn into a pumpkin? And if so, can we carve <laughs> you into jack-o'-lantern? I oh know, I will. Gosh. So the good news, is, okay, so again, we had three drivers um, and uh-huh. my the car that I drive now is a Honda Pilot, which is, uh-huh. you know, kind of a, it's not huge and it's not tiny. Yeah. Um, and uh, in the back seat of the Pilot, I mean, I would say it rivals first class on any airplane. Wow! Like, it, the 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 amount of room in there is pretty amazing. And uh-huh. um, I mean, even last summer when we did a, a road trip, all four of us, you know, all four of us over six feet tall, well up over to six glacier, feet tall. yeah, well over six <laughs> feet tall to glacier and back. I mean, yeah, there wasn't it wasn't like you know we're stretching out, but it wasn't like oh my gosh, my I'm eating my knees either, uh-huh, you know. Uh-huh, so uh-huh. um. So yeah, so I when when I had the when I was off rotation, I like slept in the back, and so actually I did the first um, stint. I did about three hours, and then Ben did about I guess a little less than two. Grant, and then and then it was dark, and then it's harder, right? You get more uh-huh. tired and yeah. all that stuff, and so I fell asleep in the back. And Grant at about 10 o'clock was like, you know, Ben, can you drive for about half an hour? And I'm like, I'm actually really fresh because I slept. You know, uh-huh. I felt really, it was all, it was very Ragnar-esque. <laughs> I was so, just about to say, yeah. <laughs> and it was because um, we pulled uh, literally, so I was like, I'll drive, you know, let me, I'll take an hour for sure. And if not more. And um, so like at that point, we're in the middle of, I mean, Kansas going across 70. I mean, it is, it is so boring you know even whether it's in the dark or light i mean there's just nothing to look at uh-huh. and um so there was no like place to pull over besides just a right regular old exit so we pulled off the exit went across the road to get back onto the exit pulled over i'm like i gotta pee <laughs> I just like <laughs> dropped my trowel like basically like right by the side of the road and not even nice. in the cornfield well and done. then got in the driver's side and got us home yeah so nice oh my goodness that's epic that's yeah epic. it was worth it i mean i definitely i was like i would do this again and grant was like well maybe we want to you know because they other they play also like tulane in new orleans and oh. um they have two schools in florida that they play so you know maybe we'll um hit those as well i don't know oh, but it was fun goodness. it was fun to see them um it was fun to see her and fun to see her in action and, and see her doing well she's doing oh. really well so that's great Oh, good. Oh, my gosh. Suddenly from driving to neighboring states, you're like, yeah, Florida, let's do it. Oh, oh, oh we would fly. Oh, we would fly. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, right, okay. No, 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 no. We would not drive to that. <laughs> okay. Okay. Good. Good, good, good. All right. Well, Dim, uh, I am so glad to have heard about your road trip. It sounds like a really, really fun time. And I'm so glad you got to see Amelia. So um, this the topic we're going to be talking to is another breast cancer topic because, alas, there's no shortage of them. And we want to have one more during this month of October. Um, and, but we think this story has a fun twist. Our guest is Dana Sullivan, who in full disclosure, Dimity and I have known for decades as the three of us used to be freelance magazine writers who ran in the same circles, which 
in the good old days of press trips and press junkets, it was a good time. Um, a resident of Reno and a mother of three mostly grown kids, Dana was diagnosed with breast cancer on October 5th, 2019. After un- undergoing treatment and getting a clean bill of health, Dana took part in a rigorous, rigorous 24-week fitness and nutrition program called Breast Cancer to Bikini that culminated with stepping on stage at a local fitness competition and participating in a bikini division that was especially designed for breast cancer survivors. Hashtag intimidating. Uh, Dimity and I will talk with Dana after this break. Stick around. We're longtime partners with Calm, the number one mental wellness app to give you the tools that improve the way you feel. Follow my lead by clearing your head and gaining insight with guided daily meditations. Improve your focus during the workday with Calm's curated music tracks and drift off to dreamland with Calm's imaginative sleep stories read by folks like LeBron James and Dame Mary Berry. By going to calm.com AMR, you'll get a limited time offer of 40% off a Calm premium subscription, which includes hundreds of hours of programming with new content added every week. The other evening, I suddenly had 15 minutes of downtime while I waited for my son's dance rehearsal to let out. Rather than mindlessly scrolling on my phone as I sat in our parked car, I opened up the Calm app, got comfy in my seat, and pressed play on the Daily Trip Meditation, my favorite Calm meditation series. The State of Wonder-themed session was just what I needed to infuse some gratitude and peace into an otherwise hectic day. The themes and messages explored on the Daily Trip almost always hit the mark. Some of my favorite recent Daily Trips are Aiming for Generosity, What is Acceptance, and Be a Body. As a runner trying to live in the present, I especially like that session. For listeners of the show, Calm is offering a special limited-time promotion of 40% off a Calm premium subscription at calm.com slash AMR. Go to calm.com slash AMR for 40% off an unlimited access to Calm's entire library. That's calm.com slash AMR. As you'll hear in this episode, both Dimity and I confess our devotion to comfortable footwear, yet we like to keep things a bit sassy. Lucky for us, Rothy's covers both bases, comfort and cute. Rothy surveyed thousands of customers and the number one word used to describe their shoes is comfortable. That's because Rothy's shoes' unique seamless design is crucially comfortable the moment you put them on. No hot spots, no break-in, just straight from box to feet comfort. Rothy's fan favorite styles are sustainably made with materials like plastic water bottles and available in tons of shapes, styles, colors, and patterns. Rothy's has outdone itself this fall. New arrivals include a square-toed Mary Jane style and a merino ankle boot that I'm about to add to cart. Shorty boots are the best, and this one is uniquely awesome because, get this, it's knit with a blend of premium merino wool and Rothy's signature thread spun from repurposed plastic bottles. I imagine this new square-toed booty is the perfect hybrid of boot and slipper. Now that's my kind of style. And I don't have to worry if they get dirty as I'm kicking through fallen leaves. Rothy's are fully machine washable and rigorously tested for a perfect fit wash after wash. To help you welcome the fall season in style, Rothy's is doing something special. That's right, they gave us a chance to share this super rare opportunity with our listeners for a limited time. Right now, you can get $20 off your first purchase at rothys.com slash AMR. That's R-O-T-H-Y-S dot com slash AMR. Head to rothys.com slash AMR to find your new favorites today. I suspect that after listening to this episode, you'll be all sorts of fired up to strength train. Thanks to Nordic Track home exercise equipment with iFit technology, you can lift, sculpt, and tone in the comfort and convenience of your home or, like me, garage. 
iFit serves up more than 60 types of workouts with thousands of classes, both live and on demand, to choose from, including full body boot camp classes and a six part strength series led by iFit trainer and professional soccer player Alex Morgan. Alex leads you through a range of strength workouts designed around lower body and core strength, total body muscle endurance, power, balance, and more. Speaking of Olympians, have you seen the commercials of Michael Phelps on his home studio bike doing an iFit workout? Talk about fit. Mm. Other options include HIIT workouts, Tabata classes, yoga sessions, and an amazing array of running and walking workouts. I love the variety of instructors who all have more positive energy than I can ever imagine. To see all Nordic Track has to offer, from treadmills to bikes, ellipticals, and rowers, all with iFit technology, head to nordictrack.com. That's N-O-R-D-I-C-T-R-A-C-K.com. See how strong you can get on a Nordic Track with iFit. All right, Dana, it is not an overstatement to say that we are delighted to be talking with you. Thank you for coming on. Oh my gosh, my pleasure. I'm, I'm so happy to hear both of your voices. 100%. And I really want to just jump to like the bikini, but we're going to, we're going to get there slowly. Okay. So, um, so I want to talk about your athletic background before you were diagnosed with breast cancer. Um, you know, we got to do, we went on hikes together, probably some bike rides and we ran, when, when, when did we do the Nike women's half marathon? Was that 20? Oh, I think it was 2010. 2010. Or- okay. Yeah. So we have a picture of us at the starting line, the three of us together. I, and I loved that picture. Um, so yeah. So, so what did you used to do before you, um, before you were diagnosed with breast cancer? What were your favorite activities? Well, it's funny talking to the two of you because I always considered myself a runner, but then when I compare the kind of running that I did to the kind of running that you two do, mm. it's like they're different sports, mm, but no, no, um, no. all the same sport, one foot in front of the other. Yep. So I was a a jogger, but I did participate in four half marathons. Um, I also did a couple of sprint triathlons. So I grew up swimming and playing tennis and running and skiing. So I've always been a fairly active and athletic person. Nice, nice. Okay. So fast forward to 2019, let's talk about your, um, diagnosis, take us back two years and walk us through, you know, how you figured it out, your diagnosis and the treatment that you went through. Sure. So, um, it just coincidentally happened to be breast cancer awareness month when I had my annual GYN appointment and I had felt a lump in my right breast. And so at that appointment, I mentioned to my doctor, now I feel this thing, it kind of hurts a little bit and I just want you to check it out. And so he did, and, you know, did, did a breast exam and said, it doesn't, it doesn't feel like anything alarming to me, but I am going to go ahead and order, um, a whole breast ultrasound. So part of what I've learned over the last two years is, um, It's really important for all women to know what kind of breast tissue they have. Mm -hmm. I happen to have dense breast tissue, which I've since learned cancer likes to hide in, or the mammograms don't necessarily flag um, suspicious masses the way they do for women who don't have dense breast tissue. Mm -hmm. So he felt this lump. He said, let's order a whole breast ultrasound. I'm not that worried about it, but we're going to do this anyway. So a couple of days later, I go in for that ultrasound and 
you know, when you're in a doctor's appointment and the doctor or the tech or the radiologist or whomever sees something that they don't like, there's like a feeling in the air. Yes. And so the technician said, I need someone to come in and, and, you know, just take, give give this another look. Mm. And so a radiologist came in and she's just like, no, with no warm up. She basically said the lump that you feel I'm not worried about, but I see something on the other breast that I think is cancer. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So yeah. Suck the air right out of the room. And it's nothing. I mean, even though I went in with, you know, an issue that needed to be looked at, I still was not mentally prepared to hear those words. Mm -hmm. So, you know, flash forward, I, um, fast forward, I, had an appointment two days later, I think with a radiologist who did a biopsy of that tissue. And then the next day, you know, it came back that it was in fact cancer. Mm. Mm. Wow. 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 So So it's a little PSA for getting, because you wouldn't have ever, I mean, I, I imagine you get annual mammograms, but still like that's, that was a surprise, right? It wasn't on the breast that it was an issue. Right. And in all um, transparency, I had missed um, one mammogram mm-hmm. and I will never do that again. So I, I think I had, uh, it had been like a year and a half since I'd had a screening mammogram. So I wasn't like terribly delayed, but um, if I had not felt that pain and gone to my doctor and then he had, you know, ordered that test, who knows if I would have skipped another one. And in fact, I just had this conversation with my husband because he's having some issues with his back and he's, you know, a stubborn man and he doesn't want to get an MRI. And I said, you know, if I had ignored that lump and not gotten it looked at, I'd be dead right now. And so he called yesterday and made an appointment. Way to put the hammer down, Dana. (laughs) No, it's true. It's absolutely true. Yeah. And I might be over, you know, I might be being a little dramatic, but I really believe that, um, especially, and as Sarah mentioned, my kids are 24, 22 and 17, but I think moms, I know we've had this conversation. We tend to put everyone else Mm -hmm. else's needs ahead of our own and we need to put our own oxygen masks on first and prioritize those, you know, they might be mundane screening tests, but they're important. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 So then what was your course of treatment? So then, um, about 10 days later, I had surgery to remove the mass and they took out a bunch of lymph nodes to make sure that it hadn't spread anywhere. And then about three weeks after that, I started a 35 day course of radiation and, because the cancer was found so early, it was a stage one grade one, um, tumor. I did not have to have chemo, which Mm -hmm. is an enormous blessing in all of this, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but I finished, (laughs) I finished the radiation on December 23rd Mm. and then and radiation, which is something that I didn't know, it has cumulative effects. So the first couple of weeks, you're like, oh, this isn't such a big deal. And then all of a sudden you feel like you've been hit by a truck. Mm. And so I finished, you know, right around the first of the year. And I would say that for the next eight weeks or so, I was 
just exhausted. Mm -hmm. And then we rolled right into COVID. (laughs) And so, you know, my gym closed. Um, I wasn't, I wasn't running. I wasn't riding my bike. Um, and you know, at age 57 gained 20, I called it the COVID-19 pounds, but it was probably more like COVID-25 pounds. Mm. And, um, yeah, menopausal and no, no access to fitness the way I'm used to. So it was a recipe for, yeah. So, so Dana, you had mentioned to me in text that before breast cancer to bikini, you were back at your pregnancy weight, despite not having a baby on board. Uh, so at age 57. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so you and I both know that weight is not an indication of health or fitness, but how, right. how are you feeling in your body post-cancer? Oh my God. I was feeling terrible, mm. Sarah. I would like stand in front of my closet and just groan because I couldn't wear my clothes. And, you know, like I said, even when I'm not at my optimal weight, I'm still an active, healthy person. And I just felt, you know, be like, I was really dragged down. Um, so yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. Well, and so, um, so tell us how you found breast cancer to bikini and, um, tell us what the program is. And I'm wondering, you know, I, I, I don't mind the name, but it does kind of harken back to like David Hasselhoff and, <laughs> you know, <laughs> Baywatch kind of has this connotation to it. So, yes. So I was on a hike with a friend and, um, we ran into a friend of hers who is on, um, one of the founders of, um, actually an organization that educates women about dense breast tissue. Um, and she's been instrumental in Nevada where I live, um, in requiring, there's now a legislative move afoot to require doctors to tell women what kind of breast tissue they have so that they can then, you know, know if they need to have these other types of, of mammograms. And so I was on a hike with my friend, Sue, we ran into her friend who's part of this organization. And I honestly, I don't even know how it came up. This was in probably January of 2021. So, you know, post relatively post COVID we were out hiking and, um, somehow it came up that I had had breast cancer the year before. And this other woman said, Oh my gosh, you need to check out this nonprofit that I'm part of. Um, each one tell one is the dense breast tissue education organization. And then under that umbrella, they have breast cancer to bikini and the founder of breast cancer to bikini had, I think it was about eight years ago. She had a really like the opposite cancer experience from mine in that it was, you know, a triple negative, just stage, you know, much more dangerous stage. Mm -hmm. She had to have a double mastectomy, chemo, the whole nine yards. And after that, um, decided to commit to getting fit again and joined a gym that trains bodybuilders Mm. and um, ended up training and doing a, so they're actually called physique competitions, national physique, so NPC. And Heather Reimer, the founder of um, Breast Cancer to Bikini, decided that doing this competition, she's a very goal-oriented person, as I know the three of us are, which is, you know, the only way you can 
do an Ironman, Dimity, or run multiple marathons, Sarah, like you have to be a goal-oriented person. And she discovered that about herself, that she did better when she had a goal. So she did this training program, loved how the weightlifting component in particular made her feel, you know, strong and healthy again. The bikinis kind of, you're right, it, there is a little Baywatch um, component, but when when you see the way that these women transform their bodies through weight training and nutrition, you, you kind of get it. And I think when I started the program and even listening to Sarah in the intro, I was like, oh my God, I can't believe I did that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And to be clear, I just want to be clear. I am not denigrating it at all. I have friends no, that no, actually I do know, physique competitions. It's just more that um, like, yeah, it's just, it, it, well, yeah, go ahead. And you- you see the shoes like, well, that's it. I really, we we do need to talk about the shoes at some point because I mean that alone walking in those stilettos was, um, a feat to behold. The tan, the makeup, like all of it is so, and like I said, in the beginning, I consider myself an athlete, you know, I'm a ski instructor. I play golf. I do all sorts of athletic things. And this is so far out of it's such a departure from those other things. And yet these women work really, really hard in the gym Mm -hmm. to attain the fitness levels um, that they do. Sure. Sure. So, so the 24 week program, so that's, you know, close to half a year. Yeah. 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 Seems like a massive, massive lifestyle and fitness shift for just about anyone. Yes. So, So detail for us what a typical gym workout might be how, you know, share how you adapted to the program and also the, the nutrition component. I remember when you texted me about, it, I'm like, mm, I like my dessert too much to be on that program. <laughs> well, and you know me, Sarah, I like my beer and my wine. Um, so I can live without the dessert, but the bread and having a glass of wine with dinner was hard for me. But the, so the, the program that I did starting in April, there were 10 women in my group, seven of us are here in Reno, Nevada, the other three. So Heather, the founder is trying to figure out how to expand the program nationally. Mm -hmm. So for the first time we had a woman in Denver, a woman in Portland and a woman in Northern California, and they participated. um, We had a trainer, um, Stephanie Leff, who is wonderful. And she is also a breast cancer survivor. So Mm -hmm. she was a participant and she was our trainer. Um, we started in April and I bet half the women in my group had never done really any sort of meaningful exercise. Wow. So we started, um, we had four gym workouts a week where we lifted weights and we started pretty slowly in terms of, you know, very basic bicep curls, squats with relatively light weight, mm-hmm. just because learning proper form was a huge, um, component for a lot of these women who'd never lifted weights before. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, so we had four gym workouts and then three, sometimes four cardio workouts that we did on our own. Mm. Um, and it was very, you know, we had a, a schedule every week. Um, and then we also worked with a nutritionist who look, looking at each of our individual um, body makeups, like looking at our body fat and, um, 
muscle mass sort of tailored an eating program. And I don't remember what I sent you, Sarah, but every month based on the progress we were making, how much muscle we had gained, how much fat we had lost, they would tweak Mm. our diet a little bit. And the hardest thing for me was that I was eating five meals a day, Mm. which is not my normal way. And I was a chronic skipper of breakfast and I could no longer do that. Mm -hmm. Um, and then it was very, it was very strict. Like, you know, breakfast was 40 grams of oatmeal and a half a cup of egg whites and a cup of spinach. And then there was a snack, like every single meal had a, a protein, a carb and a fat component that was very closely, mm-hmm. um, measured. Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow. Mm-hmm. And how did you, I'm curious, like, was it, was it, um, like once you started on this program, like, was it a weekend and you're already feeling better or did it take a while or, and not, not feeling better, but just feeling the change of a different routine and, and a different nutrition, you know, regimen? I would say not a week for me, it was probably more like two months. Okay. I think in that, in the first two months I lost maybe, Ooh, 12, I don't, I'd, I'd need to look, but probably 12 to 15 pounds somewhere in there. Wow. And of course, you know, when you, when you can, oh, I can wear some of these pants now, like mm-hmm. mentally, I felt way better. Um, cutting all the garbage out of my diet also made me feel better. Not drinking that glass of wine at night made me sleep better. So there were, mm-hmm. you know, a, a bunch of different things. Mm-hmm going on. And then once I, I mean, I've always had a pretty fair amount of muscle, but once I started getting the combination of losing some of the fat, so the, the, the fluff, I call it <laughs> and lifting heavy weights again. Cause I, like I said, I started out fairly strong and I was able to ramp up my, um, the amount of weight I was lifting pretty quickly. And I had a goal in the beginning because one of my, my 22 year old daughter teaches fitness. And I asked her one day, like, how much can you leg press? And she told, and she's a teeny tiny little thing. Um, and she can leg press 300 pounds. And I was like, okay, well, that is my goal. I would like to be able to lift as, or push as much as my 22 year old ballerina daughter. And by the end, guess what, ladies? You I was pushing 300 pounds. Nice, nice. <laughs> Were there any other moves that you um, feel like, you know, really in, like empowered you? Like sometimes, I mean, I think back to the stuff that I used to do when I was rowing seriously, like power cleans. And I don't know if you guys did that or not. Like I, I never got to high weights, but it was just the like the fact that I was doing like an Olympic move, you know? We didn't do power cleans, but we did a lot of different types of um, deadlifts, like, um, Bulgarian deadlifts and yeah, I mean, stuff that I would never ever do on my own. Yeah. And I think Sarah, I don't think knows this about me, but, um, I'm actually, when I was in high school, I was, I loved lifting weights. I had this total meathead boyfriend and we used to go to the gym every day after school. (laughs) Of course I wanted to be with him and he wanted to be at the gym. So I started (laughs) lifting weights with him and I was a little, obsessed and I was obsessed with Arnold Schwarzenegger. And this was <laughs> by the way, in 1981 and 82, oh not like a common thing for a high school girl to be into. And so, and then eventually you worked for shape magazine. And that, Yeah, so, exactly. Where, where? I would go, I would go to, into the building in 
Woodland Hills or wherever it was. And there'd be all these Joe Whiter muscle and fitness magazine covers. And when I actually, when I moved to college, I went to UCLA. And one of the first things I did was find out where Arnold lifted. And I would go to the, <laughs> I would ride my bike to the gold's gym just so I could see him. Um, and I only had the nerve to introduce myself to him one time. Oh, that I love that like, you did. Then you just saw him. That is fabulous. I know. What did, this was what did you before. like? Give, give us, give us the like. What did you say? Hi, Arnold. And did he say hi? Oh, I went. Or, yeah, I, I went up and said hi, Arnold. You know, my name's Dana. I, I, I you've inspired me to be a weightlifter and. You know, I mean, he probably just rolled his eyes, but um, <laughs> he's like, "Don't bother yeah, me! I'm I'm drinking raw eggs right now." This this was before, you know, no one carried a camera. Or obviously, it was way before cell phones. But um, so I do feel like, in some weird way, I came full circle. That when I was eight, seventeen, eighteen, I was all into this, and now at fifty-seven, I put on a bikini and um, oh my walked across the stage. Yeah. Somewhere Arnold Schwarzenegger is so proud of you, Dana. Yeah, I, I think so. <laughs> okay. Okay. So as the competition gets closer, um, you had to focus on some situations. I bet you never thought you would be in like wearing those. I want to hear about those heels. How did you pick those? And like, how did you prepare for the competition? So tell us, let's talk spray tans, heels, how you picked your bikini. Like I, I want all those details. Okay. So the heels are like, um, I don't know if sanctioned is the right word, but that's what you have to wear. You have to wear those. <laughs> those exact clear, every, standard, everybody issue, has the same. standard issue, five yes, inch plastic. Standard, heels. Yes. Um, everybody wears the same shoes. Some ladies choose to get like a super blinged version so that oh they have, gosh. you know, crystals embedded in the heels, but ours were just your, your basic Cinderella mm-hmm. um, platform. Yeah. And we were given those, um, probably halfway through. So three months in and really encouraged to put them on in the evening and wear them while we were, you know, doing the dishes and vacuuming (laughs) (laughs) just to get used because I don't know about you two, but I never, ever, ever wear heels. Like I wear boots and clogs and Oh my Athletic God. shoes. I, I'm already <laughs> wondering how I'm going to put on fancy shoes for Alex, our producer's wedding. So yeah. I don't even, yeah. I can't even wear clogs, first of all. Like I, you know, that's too much of a heel. So yeah. yes, yes. Um, so we started practicing the shoes and it was, you know, that was a hard thing for me because it just, they're not comfortable. And um, my husband thought they were pretty hot. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Um, but I tried to practice mostly in, in private. Um, and then the bikinis. So same thing. There's like a, a style and you'll both appreciate this. So we have, there's a woman, um, who's Heather's kind of partner in the nonprofit and she is a seamstress and she handmade all of our bikinis. Wow. Oh my gosh. And wow. We, I mean, everyone, I, I can't remember the average, but I ended up losing 37 pounds <gasps> during the course of this. Some of it toward the end was water weight. And, you know, it's not like real weight loss in my mind, but I would say about eight weeks ago, they brought our 
bikinis into a weekend workout and had us try them on so that Jennifer could sort of fine tune the sewing. And when I put mine on, I looked at her and said, this is not mine. <laughs> this, wow. Wow. this is for one of the skinny ladies. This is not mine. She was like, Oh, I oh, thought no. it was too big. I thought you were saying it's too oh, no, big no, on no. you. Oh no. Oh no. Um, and then she laughed and she like, it's, you guys, it's a thong. It is not even. I know. I saw that when you sent the video and you turn around, I'm like, there is Dana's butt cheeks. <laughs> <laughs> so that was, and I'm, I think part of the, one of the bigger challenges for me was I'm a fairly modest person. Like I, it's just, I'm not a dancer or a cheerleader. I'm not a sexy person. And so all like, I was so in my head with all of this, like, how am I going to put these shoes on and this bikini that goes literally up my butt crack? Um, how am I going to do this? And there, it, it was hard Dim, to answer your question. I, can about, I mean, like, honestly, like I'm putting myself in your, in your stilettos. I mean, I, I have a hard time just like at our community pool, like walking, putting on my flip-flops and walking to the bathroom uh-huh, uh-huh, in just my like uh-huh. very, very modest mom bikini, you know? Yes. Like, yes. so let alone putting on something that you feel like, okay, this doesn't even fit me and I'm teetering and people are watching me. I mean, yeah like major congratulations because that is such a i mean i, I think honestly like i i'm i'm in awe really i am mm-hmm. 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 well thank you yeah thank you yeah. it was it was something well, so, so do you have to practice a walk first of all like is it like oh, yeah. a, a On the pageant pose, kind of walk and the posing the yes. the way you kind of manipulated your body so that some parts were back a little and you know like there's a very specific um, pose isn't Sarah there? it's called popping your Pop- booty okay popping your booty <laughs> <laughs> yes so I um also about eight weeks before the contest so the contest was October 9th so about eight weeks before that we had a coaching um uh, a posing coach who would come and um demonstrate you know how we were to be walking and how there's a whole like almost like a dance sequence that you do that in all candor, I was not very good at because I think the, the, like, I don't want to turn around and bend over and show people my butt that just, but that's what you're expected to do. And so, um, I had, I ended up developing my own little kind of workaround where <laughs> I, you know, I walked out, I, you're supposed to move your arms in a certain way. I would, put my left leg forward, my right leg back, and then almost immediately kind of pivot my shoulder around so that I wasn't like bent over. And I wasn't, yes, we were in a competition with um, a whole bunch of women who didn't have breast cancer. So there were the 10 of us, but then there were probably 50 other women who were just regular competitors Mm -hmm. who want to, who do this as a hobby for the most part, but a lot of them want to get what's called their pro card. And so they have to play by all the rules. And I kind of did my own posing style. You went rogue woman. You went rogue. I did. I went rogue. I was like, like, as we say, uh, you know, your race, your rules, right? (laughs) Yes, exactly. Um, Not to, not, and it's not because I wasn't taking it seriously. I just didn't, I wasn't trying to get, I wasn't trying to win a competition so that I could go to the next level of competition. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you're leaving a couple of details out. We want to hear, so spray tan or not tanning bed. And then I got to ask bikini wax, serious bikini wax. Oh my God. 
Yes. So, um, I had never, I don't know how you, Alex might want to edit this out, but I had never had a, a waxing and the bikini is so low that it was right at my C-section scar, which yeah. anyone who's had a C-section knows pretty yeah. much how low that is. Yep. So I ended yep. up having, um, a Brazilian, which, <gasps> wow. Wow. Yeah. wow. I know. You're I was all just in. Like, you are 100% just, just, committed. <laughs> yes. Take it all off. So I did that. Ouch. Um, uh-huh. And uh, in my opinion, a hairless 57 year old vagina is not a pretty sight. Um, but it is what it like. I, I also didn't want anything showing. So I did that. And then um, we did what's called a base tan. I'd never had a spray tan before. So we did a base tan about five days before. And some of the pictures I sent you where I'm in the green bikini, but I don't look super, super dark. That was the base tan. It actually Mm -hmm. looks like if I ever go on a beach vacation again, I would get one because it actually just adds a little glow and it looks nice. Mm -hmm. But then, um, the day before we went in to, um, we were all staying in the same hotel and we had, they had a, you know, like a spray tan room. And so we went in and got <laughs> the much darker tan. And then the morning of the show, a third, Oh my goodness. A third layer, third and, a third, a third basting. Uh-huh. <laughs> yes, it is. I was about to say, it sounds, it harkens back to like baby oil on aluminum, right? Totally. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, you know, the Brazilian is one thing. And then you go into this tanning tent and you're naked with someone you've never met before. And they have this thing and they spray you from head to toe, Wow, wow. Um, you know, turn around, Bend hold over. your arms up, uh-huh. spread your cheeks. <laughs> oh my gosh. Wow. Wow. You are again, hundred percent committed. I'm <laughs> And I was going to say, if ever you get arrested, you're like, don't worry, I've, I've done something similar to this before. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, oh, and the other thing that they didn't really tell us until the last possible minute was because of the spray tan, um, and you, you racing people will appreciate this, you can't like sit down to pee, so they give everyone a red solo cup, you're issued a cup, and you pee. <laughs> in the cup the day oh before my and the day gosh. of the show <laughs> because the tan if you splash it will run and oh then it will look gosh. really horrible so yeah what, am, yep. uh, so i'm just curious are you so like at this point i imagine I, I imagine you don't do like the wrestler like go run in a garbage bag maybe not to that degree but you said you lost some water weight and stuff i mean what about if you had to poop or are you just not pooping for the because you're so nervous uh, and you're so uh, yeah i did not have to cross that bridge Um, (laughs) i think and and here's the other and you guys know what adrenaline does to you so we had um sort of a like the monday so the event was on a saturday monday we were instructed to drink a gallon and a half of water which is actually quite a lot for me Mm -hmm. then tuesday wednesday it was a gallon each day and then thursday half a gallon Friday, half a gallon Saturday, we had no water at all because they want your muscles to kind of pop out. Now, again, you know what my muscles look like versus what some of the 25 year olds who I was standing on stage (laughs) look like are two entirely different things. But even with that little bit of water, 
the adrenaline still makes you want to feel like you have to pee all the time. Yeah. yeah. Um, Wow. So, yeah, in a, in a cup. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. I know. But at that point, Dimity, you're just like, you're just in it. And so, Oh, you're in it to win it in your own little way. Right. Like you are, you are fully committed. I mean, I just, again, like I am, I'm just sitting here in awe because I love, I love how, cool it is. I mean, how, how fun I know, what we're going to get on. Sarah's going to talk to you about being on stage in a second, but I mean, was it just fun, especially because you were doing it with kind of a team? Mm-hmm. Like I would have been laughing the whole time, even if I was spreading my cheeks and getting a tan in there. Right. Yeah. And we, we absolutely were like, just, can you believe we're doing this? I think that, so there was one woman who's 62 mm-hmm. and then I'm 57. And then I think maybe one other person was in her fifties and then everybody else was in their forties. Mm-hmm. So we were, we definitely raised the median age for the rest <laughs> of the group on competition day, because I think, I think most of them were probably 25. Wow. 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 So then, I mean, what was it like up on stage and then then I also think, you know, so so that you're kind of this special segment of the competition. I, I assume everybody knew that, and I heard some of the commentary, so um, seemed like they made it very clear. But I don't know. Wow. I mean, so there's two. The, the actual competition there are two parts. So part one is what they call pre-judging, and that was in the morning, and so we had to, you know, get our next level of tan and hair and makeup and I mean, you, I don't know if you can see clearly the jewelry, like there's very elaborate blingy jewelry. You're expected to wear two bracelets and two rings and (laughs) very swingy earrings. So in the morning um, is the pre-judging and they have all these different classes. So there's like masters over 50, masters 40, masters 30, novice, um, open. So a bunch of different categories. So we, in the morning, we were all in these categories with all the other, you know, quote, regular competitors. Mm -hmm. And that took, you know, and that's where the Arnold Schwarzenegger, there were men competing too. So those like serious bodybuilders were there. And then you know, the women, there's three classes for women. So there's the bikini, which is what I did. There's what's called wellness, which if I ever did another one, I would enter that category because it's more athletic. The bodies look like normal athletic with a little, but they're muscular. Mm -hmm. And then there's physique, which is like bodybuilders for women. So those three categories. Mm -hmm. We all did our posing in the morning when the judge, you know, it does tell you turn around, bend over, walk to the back of the stage, um, do a quarter turn to the right, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And then in the evening is when they present all the awards. And in the middle of the show, of the evening show, they did a special presentation of the 10 of us and our breast cancer journey. And so they showed each of us had like a one minute video segment that I think I I shared with Mm -hmm. the two of you. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we 
individually walked out and just did our own. We got to choose a song to walk out to and did our own little, that was when I did my rogue posing so that I didn't <laughs> what, bend what, over in front of my mother and my mother-in-law and my children. What, um, what was your song, Dina? My song was um, Frankie Valley, Oh, What a Night, December 1963, I think it's called. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, that's so fun. Yeah, I tried to choose a really cool Mary J. Blige song called Just Fine, but it didn't have the right beat to walk to. So that's what I ended up with, Frankie Valley. And so you didn't drink water all day Saturday into the evening? Correct. I'm sorry, that to me is one of the hardest things you did. It was, yeah. It, it's I just remember crazy. when I had my, you know, my twins be a C-section and, and I don't know, at 11 o'clock, they're like, okay, you can't drink anything more for the rest of the day. And after I had them at like four, I'm like, I literally was about to bribe a nurse to bring me something to drink. Some water. And I, I will say, I think we, we had, um, we were allowed, I mean, whatever, allowed is the wrong word. We were encouraged to not drink. And I had a couple of sips of water, but not even... Not even like a, not even wow. a measurable amount wow. all day wow. until we were done at nine o'clock that night, and then I drank like three pints of water. Yeah. Oh my gosh! And did you have like a celebratory meal, or were you just too wiped to? Were you like, okay, I'm out of this bikini, and I'm gonna go um, sit on the toilet and enjoy <laughs> myself? <laughs> we had like a little reception after, and there was, you know food to snack on. Um, but then I think I was, I was like just exhausted and not that hungry. But the next day I woke up at about six in the morning and went to my local bakery and bought a baguette and a bunch of croissants and <laughs> totally gorged on gluten. Um, yeah. Nice, nice. Okay. So the competition was October 9th. So yes. as we recorded this about a week and a half ago. So you know, yep. how are you feeling like uh, now that it's you, you, you focused on it for 24 weeks and it was such a big accomplishment and, and upended your life in so many ways? Like what what does yes. it feel like today? Um, so I still can't believe I did it mm -hmm. and I'm proud of myself and I'm totally recommitted to especially to lifting weights. Um, one of the challenges toward probably for the last eight weeks was we were, we were operating at such a caloric deficit because, you know, the goal is to, is to shed body fat. And I, by the way, did get my body fat down. I think I was at 30% when we started and I was at 20 when we finished. Mm. So that was, wow. that puts me in, you know, I was in an unhealthy range. Now I'm in a healthy range. I don't know if I'll be able to maintain that, but we, I was eating 1300 calories at, for the last like eight weeks and working out nine or 10 hours a week. Oh my gosh. So wow. I was tired. Like, yes. Oh my gosh. I was very, very tired. And you, um, you work full time too. I mean, did that, um, I do, yeah. does that, did that affect your concentration and kind of your focus? Probably, but my business partner has not no. complain okay, about it. <laughs> well, it landed you on the AMR podcast. So, I mean, you know, the big bucks are going to follow. So, you know, I'm sure that I, 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 the fatigue was similar to having a newborn that it was that feeling was wow. like, wow. just, you know, you feel like your batteries are very low. Mm -hmm. Um, 
So now a week and a half later, I feel totally like myself. Um, I'm trying, and this is something else that I I learned about eating mac from like measuring your food from macros Mm -hmm. instead of calories, which is not something I've ever done. And I'm really interested in learning more about that because I would like to, I mean, I feel like I'm at my quote, normal, healthy weight now. And I'd like to stay there and I have to figure out how to do that because I also know that staying, you know, keeping my body fat and my weight under control reduces the risk of recurrence of breast cancer. And obviously that's my priority. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So then what is your plan for working out after this? I mean, it's not going to be nine to 10 hours a week. I mean, Oh. No. Is the group going to um, stay together? Is there, or do you have a workout buddy from it? So I probably will not be working out with the group anymore, mostly just because it's at a gym that I don't belong to. But um, I, I'm definitely going to reincorporate heavy weightlifting into my routine mm-hmm. and not just like, you know, eight pound dumbbells. Like I want to. I want to be able to keep pressing weight like I was and doing squats and doing bench press. And I was not doing those things. I was doing Pilates and Mm -hmm. I have a Peloton. So I will, I actually got one during this experience so that I could do my cardio at home because I didn't want to wear a mask in the gym. Mm -hmm. Um, and I love it. I, I ride, you know, a couple times a week. So I think to answer your question, I will, I'm committing myself to weightlifting at least twice a week and I'll still do my, you know, three or four cardio workouts, but it won't be at the, I just like, it was unsustainable. You guys, the, mm-hmm. the way that with, with full-time working and I don't know, like Dimity, I don't know how you trained for an Ironman with a job. I just, yeah. Early mornings, early mornings, <laughs> lots of weekends, but yeah, again, but it, you did it for 24 weeks. I did that mm-hmm, for, you know, mm-hmm. you know, a similar period of time and that it felt sustainable because I knew that there was an end in sight an end. And, exactly. and, and it was a goal again, like yeah. going back to the goal oriented. So yeah, but, yeah. but the Ironman lifestyle that to me feels unsustainable, like doing one again, doing one every year, doing a couple a year, whatever, you know, like that, that to me feels like you just have to give over to it a hundred percent and you better, you better freaking love it, you know? Well, and I think one of the other things I learned is that people who do these physique competitions, they tend to, um, do the training, like the hardcore training and nutrition for 12 weeks, not 24, but they are starting at a higher level than many of the women in our group. And so should I decide to ever do another one, I think I could go into it and I'm not saying that I'm going to, yeah. but if I did, I think knowing that I could accomplish a lot in 12 weeks exactly, is yeah, way more doable. Yeah. Than you have a nice platform more. now that you can grow from. Yeah. Yes. Instead of just having to start and build a platform, which I, again, like yes. if you have Ironman as a lifestyle, you'll definitely have a nice endurance base. Okay. Yes. So Dana, last question. So do okay. you have a takeaway or two to share for women who might be facing down their own cancer diagnosis or recovery? I would say that my takeaway is put, put yourself first, even though it seems, especially for moms, it seems selfish. Like the only way that you can recover from something like that, 
um, is by committing to your own health first. And that, that includes, you know, fitness and nutrition. And I think many of us are not very good at that. Sure. 100%. And what about someone who's like thinking about staring down a big goal like this, that's like completely out of their comfort zone? Oh man, I would say do it. Yeah. Just, and if, if you, I think there are, um, well, and I, and, I, and I hope that this group that I'm part of will be opening up to, you know, people outside of this region. That's the goal with the nonprofit is to figure out a model that um, could train women across the country to do something like this. And I, and I do think having a support network is really important. Like there were certainly days when we were at the gym at 545 in the morning Nobody wanted to be there, but we were all there. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So it made it a lot easier to um, accomplish what we wanted to accomplish because we were a group. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, Dana, this, uh, we were, Dim and I were both excited for this and this far surpassed. (laughs) I love it. I love it because you're a writer. So you remember all the details and that's, that's the the beauty of something, a story like this. Cause yes, of course, standing on stage is scary, but it's all the prep and stuff that is, um, just yeah. so fun to hear and so fun to, to vicariously live through. So thank you for sharing your story, Dana. And, um, and thank you for putting yourself out there. Like, I think, especially as a 57 year old, like we need to remember that our lives, like, even though we've lived a lot of them, there's still a lot of ways that we can keep pushing ourselves. Yeah. hundred yeah. percent. Yes. Yeah. Well, well said. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, Dana, I will call you sometime soon to catch up on, on, uh, all the rest of the things going on in your life. But thank you so much for sharing with us. Well, thank you both for having me. I loved it. Bye-bye. Bye. Genius suggestion, Dimity, to have her on. That was oh, great. thanks. And I think, you know what? I think my subconscious nudge was that um, I have not, I need to get a mammogram scheduled. I'm definitely in that boat of putting it off. And I'm also uh-huh. in the dense breast tissue boat, uh-huh. which I feel uh-huh. like a lot of people are. Or yeah. a lot of people I talk to that are like, oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, so anyway, so when I get off this podcast, I am going to get on and schedule because it's Very been good. on my mind and I needed that nudge. Good, 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 good. All right. Well, I'm going to do it again. I'm going to promote our six word stories collection because it debuted this week and gosh, I think it just looks fantastic. It does. Um, yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, so they are all as, as the collection name says, it's all six word stories. So we had asked women the the words on these um, three lifestyle tees and two hoodies, which are super cute, um, are were all submitted by women who are trying to win a Nordic Track treadmill. And so it's you know the miles return me to myself, the the feet start, the heart finishes. My running shoes are actually wings. That's what the hoodie says. And then we morphed our shoes logo to have wings. So that's on the chest. And then the words go down the left sleeve. So just really awesome. They are all in our online store. You can check those out at anothermotherrunner.com and click on store at the top. Again, that's anothermotherrunner.com and click on store. Our podcast today was produced in Portland, Oregon by Alex Ward from Sounds Like Pictures. Many happy miles. Spread those cheeks. (laughs) Ha, 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 ha.